You're listening to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. I'm Christy Graham, and today we're going to be talking about donor ministries. I'm welcoming Chris Johnston to the show. Chris holds more than a decade of experience in our donor ministries department and now serves as the assistant director of donor services. His team often flies under the radar, but today we're excited to hear more about this vital department that makes the work of Samaritan's Purse possible. Chris and his wife, Juliana, have eight children, four of whom uh, join their family through adoption. And so, um, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. Appreciate you making the time. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be here. Well, thank you. Well, I'd like to start this conversation. I always like to hear how people were led to come to Samaritan's Purse and be a part of full-time ministry. Yeah. Don't mind sharing how you got here. Yeah, I'd be glad to. So, you know, my first encounter with Samaritan's Purse was actually, uh, I was in middle school and it was probably in the building where we're sitting right now. It was uh, Operation Christmas Child was processing shoeboxes and we had a class that came and uh, participated in that. And really all through my growing up years, I was you know really blessed to be raised in a, a home where both my parents loved and served the Lord. And um, when, I guess I was about 17 years old when I just had an encounter with the Lord and just really said, God, my life is yours and do with it whatever you wanna do. And I didn't know what shape that would take exactly, but uh, I ended up in um, pursuing a, a degree sort of in theology, thinking that I might uh, be involved in the church in some way. And after college, most of my friends were going on to seminary and I thought that may be the track I would go, but God sort of led me really to Appalachian State and I was doing a degree in uh, literature, British literature. And I was doing textual criticism on Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. And I thought, I don't wanna do this another minute of my life <laughs> if, I, if I don't have to. So it was around that time, Juliana and I were dating. And it's, it's, it's funny because she was, uh, comes from a family of four girls and she had two older sisters who married, you know, older, well-established guys in their careers. And then here I, I came along and I was working part-time at the bookstore at Appalachian State <laughs> and trying to convince her, her dad, hey, I'm, I'm not gonna let us starve. I really like your daughter. <laughs> and God opened doors for, uh, for us to begin working, uh, for me to work in donor ministries as uh, a seasonal associate. And that was such a great fit because I've always loved ministries that come alongside the local church. And I see... Samaritan's Purse, at that time, I knew that uh, that's what Samaritan's Purse was all about, supporting the local church. And it was, uh, it's been a delight to learn more and more just all the ways how deeply integrated all those strategies are across the ministry, whether it's Operation Christmas Child or in projects or with U.S. Disaster Relief. Everything is, is all about supporting that local church and strengthening their witness. And that's uh, a little bit of kind of how we landed in, in Boone. And, uh, you know, it's clear at looking back, you know, none of my life has been like I had a five-year plan or <laughs> all these strategies. It's all been as God kind of put an opportunity before us, trying to be faithful to what he revealed and then doing the next thing. And he's, he's really blessed that. That's great. So you guys both from North Carolina? My wife is from Georgia. Okay. Yeah but both brought to Boone through Appalachian State. That's right. Yeah, she, that was part of the way I convinced her parents to let her marry me was uh, they wanted her to continue her education after college. And I said, well, if she marries me, she'll have in-state tuition at Appalachian State. So she took one class and came home and said, I don't want to do this. I was like, well, you don't have to. And uh, so we're both grad school dropouts okay. and <laughs> having fun. 
Um, so the last few podcasts, we've been talking um, from staff and projects, World Medical Mission, Operation Christmas Child, which is often what people think of when they think of Samaritan's Purse. Um, but we all know that that wouldn't be possible without donors and without donor ministries. So if I would like for you to just explain to us what donor ministries does, you know, the different facets within the ministry and kind of what a day-to-day looks like within your ministry yeah. department. Yeah, so donor ministries is... Uh, Really, our, our focus is to connect with partners that God is motivating and just telling them about different opportunities where we see God at work. And it was, it was so fascinating. About a year ago, um, Franklin met with our team and just shared things that, that, we were, that were part of our, our department for sure, but to hear them directly from him, it was, it was so encouraging because at the time I was reading with my kids uh, George Mueller's biography, and he was a, a guy who ended up caring for over 10,000 orphans in his lifetime, uh, up to about 1,200 orphans at a time. And he did all that with, he made this commitment that he was never going to ask for money. He was just going to make his needs known to the Lord. And hmm. he would share also some updates with people who asked. And um, such a fascinating, you know, counterintuitive approach, uh, you know, especially when you've got literally, you know, thousands of kids and their lives are depending on you. And it was uh, hearing from Franklin, he shared with, with us, he said, you know, in donor ministries, we don't ever ask people for money. We're going to thank them well, and we're going to tell them about what God's doing mm-hmm. and, um, and, and really trust that God is going to move in the people's hearts, that he's moving to, to join us for this work. And so as far as that goes, um, I think that's sort of a, maybe a misunderstanding a lot of people have mm-hmm. about donor ministries and that we're, we're not raising money. We're not mm-hmm. tasked with that. We really are called to serve our partners and connect with them and find out, you know, hey, what is it about this ministry that, that gets you excited and, t- and kind of going deeper with them. And if, if you were to put it in almost marketing terms, uh, you know, our product of the ministry is so far ahead of our marketing, which, which is in no way a, uh, a, a slam against communications or broadcast. We're just very careful about not overstating what we do. And I've seen, you know, we see that a lot in, um, with different products, you know, they, they really overstate, but, but at Samaritan's Purse, it's so exciting to talk with somebody and they, the conversation often goes, I had no idea you guys did this or that. And just to see the light bulb come on when they see the way that we operate with such integrity that goes throughout all of our processes. And, you know, the people we talk with, they often want to know about, you know, our, our, you know, financial transparency is important to them and uh, just the integrity. And so whenever they are able to come even to Boone or to North Wilkesboro and to see how things are organized, how things are cared for, it just continues to build that perception in them of, of what we are about as a ministry. And it's neat too, because they'll see Franklin on uh, a media interview and they see how he's all about getting the gospel in that, that 10 second window that he has. And, and that builds, that shapes their impression of that's what we're about as a ministry. And they may have a, a neighbor who serves as a volunteer with U.S. Disaster Relief and they come back and they talk about, you wouldn't believe how organized the trucks were and how organized uh, just the teams were and getting us mobilized. And all those things just continue to build people's impressions. And so we have the opportunity just to come alongside people who are saying, hey, I, I've got all these you know, I- ideas about what I might wanna do and uh, Samaritan's Purse keeps coming to mind. God keeps bringing you guys to mind. And mm. so that really is what we're about is, uh, yeah, connecting with people. And, and that takes, you know, a couple different shapes. There's uh, our, our response center. We have people who are answering phone calls and emails from 
anybody about almost anything related to the ministry. That could be any of our projects or uh, as soon as a disaster occurs, the phone starts ringing and people are asking, are you guys there? And so that's why it's, it's so critical. We try to stay really closely connected to all of our, our projects because we have to become pretty proficient in, mm-hmm. in everything. And uh, so that team is doing that. They're answering questions about, you know, how can I get involved? How can we volunteer? Um, or, or asking, you know, are you guys responding to this area or that? And it may be areas that we're not involved in. And if that's the case, then we try to give people, you know, some other direction. So we have that team, but we also uh, have a team of folks who work with uh, some of our partners who are just incredibly generous and they want to, to learn more and, and really take their partnership deeper. So it's, uh, you know, it may be something like inviting them to Boone to hear from some of our leadership and, and just really learning the strategy behind all of our projects. And there again, it's just strengthening that their understanding and their trust in what we're about as a ministry. And, and what's been exciting though, too, as, as our team has kind of grown, uh, we, we've had to grow just because the number of people who, who partner with us has, has increased. And as we have these conversations with people, we, we'll ask, you know, what is it about Samaritan's Purse that, that uh, you know, has led you here? And time and time again, they're saying, well, it's, it's because of the gospel. You don't, you don't mm-hmm. back away from that. That's, it's clear that that's what you're about. And that's fun because we never have to, uh, you, you know, downplay that in any way. That's, that's really what our partners, the reason they love what we do is because they, they understand it's all about communicating the hope of Christ in times of crisis to people in the ditches of life. Mm-hmm. And kind of like this podcast, we like to inform the families and staff what we're doing. You guys know exactly what each department's doing because you have to when they call. Yeah. But also, yeah. I think I actually worked for Donors Ministries for a year when we first got married and just oh, wow. making yeah. calls, just yeah. thanking the donors. And they were always just baffled, you know, why I would just call just for, just to ask for a prayer request. Right. You know, but that, does the team just pray for prayer requests too? Um, yeah, That the absolutely. donors bring in and needs they have, and you really care. I mean, once you give to Samaritan's Purse, you're part of the family, and that's what we're hoping with this podcast. We can allow people to be invited in, knowing more intimately what's happening, and be praying with them. Yeah, exactly. That's, uh, that's a good point. And we, in any interaction that we have with people, we're wanting to really minister back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the ways that we do that, we wanna be sure that even if somebody's just calling to make a gift, we don't want it to be just a transactional feel. Mm-hmm. So we let them know, you know, thank you so much for your partnership. And, and we try to even share, you know, we heard in devotions this morning that mm-hmm. Samaritan's Purse is responding here or there, and that wouldn't be possible without you. Mm-hmm. So we try to just give people, a, you know, even just a little more to let them know, hey, this really does matter. Mm-hmm. And, and then, yeah, we often get the opportunity to pray with people or we'll ask them, thank you so much. Is there any way we can pray for you today? Mm-hmm. And so it's it's really common if you walk through donor ministries in, in North Wilkesboro, you'll hear people on the phone praying. And mm-hmm. sometimes it's neat too, if somebody's on a really difficult or a challenging call, if somebody uh, opens up and shares uh, you know, a pretty, pretty deep personal need, it's not uncommon to see that person praying and the person in the mm-hmm. desk beside them praying for them. And mm-hmm. so that's uh, just really neat. And... And, and two, one of the, one of the teams that uh, is part of Donor Ministries works with partners who set up even their estate plans and their legacy plans, where they include us in their will, and and really they're they're elevating us to the status of family, essentially to include us in their legacy mm-hmm. plans. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's a, an amazing stewardship that we have, and we want to serve those relationships well. So that's there again, people open up their lives to us in some really meaningful ways. Um, you know, and some of our staff that are are based around the country. 
they, they enter into deeper partnership with uh, some of these donors and they'll have opportunity, you know, if there's a death in the family, then they're going to show up to that funeral and they're going to say, you know, on, on, on behalf of Franklin and the ministry, they just want to let them know that we're there for them and, and we care about them and want to be there in their time of crisis as well. Wow. So I have to ask, um, you have a large family. Have eight yeah. kiddos, correct? Yeah. Um, how do you balance um, your role in the ministry with Samaritan First, but your in your ministry at home as a father? And if you don't mind, even talking a little bit about your kids and you've adopted and just how that looks, how that translates. Yeah, so we have eight children. We have four biological and four that we've adopted. Our oldest son Isaac was born with Down syndrome, and that just opened our eyes to kids with special needs, especially. Um, internationally where kids would be on a waiting list. Mm -hmm. So that took us to Hong Kong to uh, bring Providence home. And then it took us to uh, Ukraine uh, to bring home Slavic Anna and Miriam. And that's been a lot of fun. I'd say a lot of that has, um, a lot of the reasons and the ways that God's led us there though is because of Samaritan's Purse, God just has our eyes open to a lot more things. Mm -hmm. And so it's, it's fairly common after work, I'll come home, you know, around the dinner table, we're talking about our days and I'll share a story that I was able to hear, you know, in an, in an update with the projects department or um, whatever the case may be. So, so our kids are getting that benefit of having a just broader lens about what God's doing around the world. And so even with, uh, when we were pursuing the adoption of Anna, she was pretty uh, critically malnourished. And there was a question of if she would even survive the adoption process because it takes a number of months. And our son Andrew was six at the time. And I remember one night he was just in tears and he was just praying that that God would keep her alive long enough mm. to be adopted by our family. And, you know, in some ways that, that's some pretty, you know, heavy stuff to be laid on a six-year-old. But at the same time, I'm, I'm really glad that his... Um, that, that, yeah, that his world is, is big enough to, to be thinking about other people and, and the real needs in the world and to realize hey, you, you can do something about it. And, and I tell our kids a lot that, uh, you know, one of the special ways that God's really equipped us to is that, uh, you know, we don't have to go across the seas to uh, mm-hmm. a need. We can, in our living room, like we mm-hmm. can serve Slavic in, in our pajamas at night. So uh, there's, there's some neat things about just the fact that God's brought them into our family. And so the, kind of the balance of it, you know, really my wife does all the, you know, all the heavy work during the day. And then when I get home in the evenings, it's, um, just supporting her and, and helping with uh, meals and bath times and getting to bed. And we have sort of a, a, a rhythm that works really well for us. And especially our kids who are in an institution, they, they really thrive on a predictable schedule. So mm-hmm. that works for us. We are able to have a lot of fun. My wife always wanted to teach our kids that fun is not something that happens outside of the home, but it's mm-hmm. You know, it's it's a matter of your your attitude and your perspective, and being able to enjoy what we're doing. and And our kids are super creative. They're, they've learned, I guess, they've had had to learn that by uh, just being at home. And but that works well for our family. and And it's neat too because God has drawn community around us without our even asking it. As as people learn, or if they just see Slavic, or they learn about our family, people will just reach out and say, "Can we do something? Can we come by and prepare you a meal?" Recently, there was a group of ladies uh, con- kind of connected with Samaritan's Purse or, uh, you know, spouses, and, and they must have brought us easily 40 or 50 freezer meals that wow. they had prepared. And it was, it was a cold night when they brought it. I remember I was out in the, uh, the garage putting them in our freezers, and it was, um, it was just overwhelming that, uh, you know, people, people we don't even know 
or just serving our family in that way. So that's been really encouraging to see how God has drawn the body around these kids because they need more than just us. They need, mm-hmm. they need the whole body of Christ. And uh, in some ways, though, especially our kids with special needs, they seem to evoke a response from people that, um, that, that others wouldn't. So that's a special way. You know, it's, uh, one of Paul's letters I always go to, you know, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. Mm-hmm. And that's, I think that's true for them. They, they do something in the body that wouldn't happen. They get stirred up in a special way. And we get to be the, the recipients of seeing God's people respond to that. Wow. So how do you and Juliana, I know I was just reading um, in Mark, you know, when Jesus and the disciples were getting away and then the crowds came to them, you know, and Jesus had compassion and he taught the people, you know, even the disciples said, we're tired, we haven't even eaten. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and sometimes I think within ministry and with a large family, you can just run on empty. How do you guys stay um, fueled to be able to pour out um, and continue to have compassion on others? Good question. I, I think it's it's maybe a little different for both of us. I need more time to sort of process things. And so <laughs> I do that a lot on my drives and I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so I get fed that way mm-hmm. um, and just reminded of things strengthened in my faith. And, and Juliana is one of these people that is, uh, I mean, God's uniquely equipped her because she will, if she hears, you know, this is the way, walk in it, then she will. And I mean, mm-hmm. I mean without any hesitation, without it, you know, I, I've said before that she's very faith efficient in the mm. way that like cars can be fuel efficient. Mm. Like she can get one good word and just like live on that for a long time. And um, I mean, yeah, we're, we've got, she is being fed through, through a lot of different ways, but um, yeah, she just walks in the truth of, of being, you know, having a clear conviction. This is right. This is the right thing to do. We're going to do it even when it's difficult. But uh, you know, we, we will, uh, especially on the weekends, we just have a lot of fun with our family. And so it's the, uh, you know, the day to day, especially if there's sickness in the family, that gets a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. But a a lot of times it's even just going somewhere. um, When everybody's in the car, she and I are in the front seats and and that's time that we have together. If we're, you know, Chick-fil-A is one of our favorite places because Mm -hmm. uh, everything's great, but we'll also uh, just have that time to and from uh, in the car that gives us a lot of good time to have conversation together. Great. We'll have to have another conversation on just strictly adoption and all that, how that looks in your family. Um, but back to donor ministries. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something, is there something that maybe we don't know that we should know um, within the ministry? I would say that donor ministries is, is probably the biggest uh, fan base anywhere you'll find of, of the ministry because we do have to know all mm-hmm. that we're doing. And so you'll find in donor ministries that people who are so passionate about all that we do and we also we gather information from a lot of different sources, and we try to compile that into one kind of central place. And that's that's a big part of my job is is gathering information and then getting it kind of the message, so that if you called and you had a question, anybody you talked to would have the same information mm-hmm. and be accurate. And um, but everybody in donor ministries, they're here because they love what we do and they love mm-hmm. having that opportunity to talk with people. And so. I would say that just knowing that, yeah, donor ministries, staff, uh, by and large, they they are they have to know a lot about the ministry, but they do that because they love it, and so mm-hmm. they 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 often they're always learning things so they can turn around and share that with other people. So even you know with uh, our our staff who make thank you calls, they're doing the same thing. They are wanting to find out, you know, if somebody gave a gift of this amount, they want to have a tangible way to report back. Hey, here's you know. 
somebody who gave $1,000, what, did you know that it cost $1,000 to construct a shelter in Haiti for a family of five? And even though that was built years ago, many of those are still standing. So just mm-hmm. some little things that, uh, that really communicate the impact of what's happening. And so that's, that's a, a fun part of our job as well is gathering all the information and then kind of boiling it down in a way that really translates to people. So uh, I, I would say, yeah, that donor ministries some of the biggest fans of the ministry are in donor ministries. Uh, but also, yeah, that kind of going back to sort of our mandate is that, yeah, we don't raise money. It really is serving the relationships. And it, it took me a long time to really believe that. Even the first few months I was here, I thought, okay, there's gotta be something more to this. There's gotta be, you know, some, maybe that's what gets communicated, but there's some veiled way that that uh, really there's gotta be fundraising, but, but it's not. It really is, the strategy is tell people what God's doing and then allow trust them the, to be a part. Exactly. And God's going to move in their hearts. While you're talking about that, can you share a story of how you've seen God work through Samaritan's Purse or, a, or someone you've talked to or just yeah. a neat story that you'd like to share with the audience? Yeah, there was a, uh, years ago, there was a six-year-old girl named Emma who wrote a letter. She had, she'd received our Christmas catalog and saw that it cost $10,000 to provide a freshwater well for a community in need. And she got it on her heart that she wanted to do that. So she wrote a letter to us and, you know, so donor ministries will respond to letters and emails, especially children mm-hmm. who want to respond to everything. And so that came to me and there was a check with it from her parents and it was for, uh, you know, it was a small amount. It might've been 30 or $40. And she was saying that she intended to keep sending gifts as she was able to. Mm-hmm. And so I sent her a thank you letter, you know, not thinking that much would, would come of it because, you know, $40 is a long way from 10,000. But every few months, she continued to send in checks mm-hmm. that from, and they were from, made up by a lot of different people because she was going to different churches. And she, wow. uh, as a six-year-old girl, was developing kind of some speaking points and sort of a presentation that she did. Wow. And it took about five years. And when, when she was 11 years old, she came uh, and she had raised in that time over $10,000 wow. to provide a freshwater well. So she came here and her family had a tour of the ministry, but I was just so amazed that a six-year-old girl got in her got it in her head and stayed focused on that task. And God used her to raise $10,000. And so to me, that's really encouraging. Um, just to think, you know, you never know what um, God might do. E- even, you know, when kids get something on their mind, mm-hmm. you know, that was encouraging too, to, I mean, to kind of share with my kids, like, hey guys, you can, you can be agents of mis- mm-hmm. mission and ministry right now. It's not something you do when you grow up. And uh, that, that, that story in particular always just stands out. It's encouraging. Needed to hear that. The kids are never too young to help and serve and to listen to God. Right. I think sometimes I forget that. Um, thanks for sharing. Oh, yeah. Um, is there a scripture verse that you would like to share with the audience that's encouraged you recently or that your ministry works through together? Yeah, I, in Romans 11, uh, just a passage I've appreciated a lot lately, uh, Paul writes, Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor or who has given to him that he might be repaid? And this, this verse in particular, uh, verse 36, for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be the glory forever and ever. Our, our vice president, Steve Nicholas said before that, that we have ultimately one donor. And when he's hmm. satisfied with us, we're gonna be re- 
resourced with everything we'll ever need. And so we make it our aim to please him. He's the source. He's the goal. He provides the instrumentality for all the work that we do. That's perfect. We're going to close with that because I can't say anything to add to that. But thank you for sharing that. Um, Thank you for sharing your heart and representing your department. Um, We appreciate it. Um, We always close with prayer requests, and I have one, but I would like to give you um, an opportunity if there's something within donor ministries that we can partner with this week. Yeah, I would say uh, just for our team, it's uh, especially uh, with people on the phones, increasingly our our world and the, the public, they are, are more and more informed. So they ask really insightful mm-hmm. questions. And, but that can also mean sometimes they, they get turned off by something they see in the media. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'd say just you know, pray for our team that they would uh, be spiritually uh, mature and, and have, you know, be suited up in the armor of Christ mm-hmm. to be able to uh, withstand you know, some of the things that come in through the phone lines are, you know, are, are not easy. So mm-hmm. just praying that they'll be well-equipped to, uh, to respond in, in a Christ-like way. Thank you. I can imagine there can be some hostile calls sometimes and, you know, you want to be the hands and feet of Jesus. So audience, if you could be praying for donor ministries um, as they are kind of the intercessor um, for um, the donors and people that are just interested and curious about the ministry. So be praying for that, as he said. And also this week, um, we have 17 country directors uh, that are based in field offices all over the world. They're coming to Boone for an international projects meeting. So let's pray for them, pray for the field offices in their absence as they're gone, that they'll run smoothly and that their families um, will be taken care of. But also that this week's uh, strategic planning will just go well, that they will be renewed, encouraged, and um, representing the people in the countries that they serve. So be praying for them as they're here. Um, and we thank you again, Chris, for joining us. And audience, later in the week, uh, Chris is going to share a devotion with us. And um, I know he was really powerful to the staff um, a couple weeks ago, so he's going to share a devotion. So be tuning in for that later this week. Thank you for joining us. Please stay tuned. Stay tuned.